All right, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to You Don't Know Ball, episode 44. Me and Hunter here in the studio. Coming to you guys today, just ready to chop it up about some, you know, I don't want to say super important topics that are going on right now, but I'd say they're rather important. You know, yeah. things that are changing the landscape of free agency in the future, contract negotiations, a lot of crazy things going on. And, you know, just also just big names, a lot of big names in the news right now. Yeah, so training camp has started for everybody. So... We're getting closer and closer to the NFL season. I think the biggest thing that happened is the Justin Herbert extension. It's five years, $262.5 million contract extension. He's 25. He's in Los Angeles through 2029. The deal includes a no-trade clause, $133.7 million in full guarantees, and $193.7 million injury injury guarantees. He's currently the highest paid player in the NFL. Okay, so first thing that comes to mind, bros, and you, I'm th- sure you're thinking the same thing. It's like every good quarterback is just going to become the next, or yeah, every yeah. great quarterback is just going to be, it's you know, the next highest paid guy. Yeah, and We've seen this trend in other sports too. That's where we're at now with quarterbacks. Yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is currently number eight. And um, I know the Chiefs said that they wanted to make sure that like he didn't feel like he was, you know, not the best guy in the league. So they thought they taught they they were saying they would revisit it. Um, I guess my thing is just something that like comes to mind with the Chargers that's kind of uh scary is the the salary cap for next year is 224 million. And obviously there isn't like there hasn't been roster cuts right now, so there's still like some money on the books. Um, but next year they're like 50 million over the cap. And how do you get below that? I don't know because their top players like that are paid. Khalil Mack in 2024 is getting paid 38.5 million. Joey Bosa 36.6 million. Keenan Allen, who is slowing down a little bit, 34.7 million. And Mike Williams, 32.5 million. The reason I read those off is because I think this is part of a larger discussion with Justin Herbert, where most people will say, like, oh, well you know, his guys can't stay on the field or like the coaching mistakes. And I'm not trying to hate on Justin Herbert. I think he's a super talented player, but I guess my thing is like with him signing this contract, the good players around him only get more restricted. So if those excuses are there now, like, are they just going to last his whole career? Like, I don't get that. Like, I don't understand how he takes this jump when the salary cap is even more restrained now where, he already, in my opinion, the Chargers have a better roster than a lot of teams in the NFL. No, absolutely. Well, okay, so uh, there's a lot of things we got to address. So I want to start with number one, like you said, like how are the Chargers going to deal with their cap situation soon? So that is going to be a mess. But I think, you know, you look at who's getting paid a ton of money here. I mean, right off the bat, J.C. Jackson, unless J.C. Jackson goes ballistic this season, I think he's number one on the list mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like, all right, we're going to make some space getting rid of J.C. Jackson. You know, there's there's some star players, injury concerns, you know, the injury concern might guys might just be the ones first out. But my main thing on the Herbert contract is I know you're probably leaning away from this, how I'm going to feel on it. OK, but it's like, you know, they they paid a ton of money for him. But the truth of the matter is for this contract, he I do believe he's worth every penny. I agree. Because it's like the reality situation is, you know. Championship football, right? That's what the Chargers are chasing. I mean, that they're they're desperate. I know Chargers fans are desperate. They they've been so close so many times. They and then and then recently the hype has been there. They never have been making these jumps. You know, I think the Chargers really just need to get 
as it's like they, that's the running thing with them is they just can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. The truth is, if the Chargers could stay healthy, they could make a Super Bowl run. It's just that impression on us is so strong because that's been the case for so long now, even at this point, truly pre-Justin Herbert. So the Chargers have this stigma for me. I'm sure it's for you. It's like if they could just stay healthy, I have no doubt they're going to be competing for as long as Justin Herbert is there. But and we all know this, but I'm just it's like now you're just like you got to pay the right guys instead of paying J.C. Jackson. That That's really what I think things come down to. Like They just got to put the right team around Justin now. The pressure's on them. Like they paid him, I guess, the, the pressure's on the, you know, on the ownership group and everything. But yeah, I agree. I, I don't think I think Justin Herbert was worth every penny. Like, I guess my thing, like, I don't want to say like disdain for Justin Herbert. It has nothing really to do with like Herbert himself. I think it's a lot of like the people that like actively support him is like people don't like to put fault on Justin Herbert for whatever reason. And, you know, I was in a, just in a discussion the other day, like separate from the other discussion we had in the the chat, um, just about like 27-0 loss. Or the twenty seven when they were up twenty seven zero in the playoffs versus the Jaguars and they lost that game, people were talking about Justin Herbert did everything he needed to. It was the coaching and the defense, but if you're going to get paid like a top quarterback, you have to score once and a half, in my opinion. Like that, and that's just my opinion. I, you know, the defense did collapse. The coaching wasn't great, but at the end of the day, like Patrick Mahomes is getting you that touchdown. Tom Brady's getting you that touchdown. And I'm not saying Justin Herbert is Patrick Mahomes, but you're getting paid more than him. So like you have to show up. Like that's the whole thing is like you're supposed to elevate these guys. And I know like there was injuries to the team, but it's just like Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl with who? Besides Travis Kelsey, who? So I guess my thing is like I just, you know, going into 2025, you have Joey Bosa, Derwin James, JC Jackson on their contract. But it's like beyond that, you don't have Mike Williams on her contract. You don't have Allen or Keenan Allen on her contract. 2024, like if they don't resign these guys, they're kind of kind of after 2024, if they don't resign like their big players, like they're going to. I mean, like if he can't win with what he's got now and they're not healthy, like where are they going? I guess that's I mean they very well could like put together a great roster, but Austin Eckler is getting older. Like, and he accounts for a lot of their offense. No, it just, it just pops in my head, bro. That's why it's like, you know, I think we're the media and everybody else. We're the one, bro. Everyone, we're the ones overcomplicating it because the reality situation is it just came to me. We already, we already know this, but you know, the real problem in the situation, bro, is Brendan Staley is still the coach of the team. Yeah. Like if you genuinely, it's like, what's holding them back. That actually is what's holding them back. I'll stand on it and I will keep standing on it. I'm sorry. Brandon Staley, to me, obviously we say he knows his football, he knows his defense, all that. But I just don't think he's the guy to elevate this team. And I'm just going to stand on that. that. That's like my new stance where it's like, maybe it's not even the Chargers. Maybe it's not even the injuries. Maybe it's really just that he's not built to lead them for a fire postseason run. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know really what the 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 solution is for the Chargers. Like, if you want to look at kind of the top 10, paid quarterbacks uh, well it's a little bit longer in top 10 because technically in total value Matt Stafford Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones are all tied at 10 um, depending how you want to judge um, total value well total value is 160 but total guaranteed uh, Dak Prescott has the most at 126 um, and 95 million fully guaranteed but I mean like I don't know like I would take Justin Herbert over Jalen Hurts long term Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, 
Deshaun Watson just because age and like, I think Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than those guys. Well, he's not a better quarterback than Rodgers, but you get what I'm saying with age and everything no, like for that. for sure. But like Mahomes and Allen, like definitely not taking him over there. And like Burrow is about to be probably the highest paid quarterback. So it's just like, my thing is like, if you're going to be paid like a top five quarterback, like even if your team isn't, if you don't have the perfect circumstances, you have to elevate your team. And I think Herbert's worth every dime. But until he does that, to me, like just looking at quarterback skill and who I'd want on my team, I take, I would take all those guys over him. And I would take now I take T Law over J, uh, Justin Herbert easily, in my opinion. I just think Herbert has more in ta- or T Law has more intangibles. I feel like you know, I'm with you where it's it's like this slightest, like it is very slight. But I'm with you on that. But that's also just because that's just a testament to how much talent there is at the QB position in the league right now. Yeah, there is a lot. And I think that's underrated too, is like, this was like a discussion, not a really discussion, but just a point someone made is like, if you think someone's top seven, they're not considered elite. But I just think like the quarterback talent is so big or so much. There's so much quarterback talent in the league right now that you can consider top seven, top eight as elite, because it's like, everyone is so good at the position. I mean, like, think about it. Like, Think about like what quarterback talent used to be like 10, 20 years ago. Like some teams would try out some bullshit, like some bullshit. Dude, the Bears were one of them. Oh, I I know. I know. It, it was it was sad, but it's just the fact of like, I don't know. Justin Herbert, congrats on getting paid. I would love to see how the Chargers move. I, it's just a super competitive division, and I just don't think the guys are paying right now are the guys that will get them over the top, especially past 2024 so. You you know you kind of lose that top talent. The Chargers so. are going to be interesting to mull over these next couple of years. Yeah, kind of see how things go over there. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You want to move into the next, yes, sir. next spot. All right, so we're going to move into. I'll let you bring this up, uh, OBJ. No, yeah, because, and again, this is one of those ones where I like it because it's a little ambiguous, you know, because people were kind of gassing it up saying. So if you didn't know, he basically said, I mean, if you didn't by now, I think you're kind of living under a rock because again, like this is. You know, this is me not even using social media really much yeah. at all at this point. I still see, I saw this one. So if you didn't see this one, you're going crazy. But look, OBJ basically said he's going to play this season like it's his last. Actually, that's exactly what he said. He's going to play this season like it's his last. But the thing is, that doesn't, so a lot of people were saying like, well, what does he mean? Is he saying he's done for this year? Is he going to keep going? I think that all he's really trying to say is like, yeah, he's just going to play hard. But at the same time, he also basically told us like he he's definitely considered moving yeah. on after this year so it's kind of telling yeah I, I don't know i don't know about obj he hasn't played a full year since 2019 um he's turned he'll turn 31 in season but he but this is the other thing is like people um were on the ravens about giving him that money it's a one-year deal it's really a one-year deal um and then he's had five 1000 yard seasons so it's not like he can't produce and during that 2021 postseason run like he contributed a lot he had six catches per game and he was dominating in the super bowl he didn't play last year i i guess my main question is like after this year let's say he has like a productive year let's say he goes let's say he has 85 90 catches 800 yards, six touchdowns. Ravens go, Ravens win. I'll say they play the wild card. They win the wild card. They make it the divisional. 
Do you think if they win the divisional, he'd resign with the Ravens, or do you think he has a market now elsewhere? At that, at almost at that price tag of fifteen mil. See, that's crazy because that's a great question. I don't know. I feel like personally. See, that's the thing. I I feel like he definitely would create a market elsewhere. But then, so how how does the next year work on that contract? You said it's essentially a one year. deal. No, it, it is a one year deal. Okay. Um, I I just uh, it is a one year deal. It's and that's why I think it's justified. You can pay him that fifteen million. Well, no, exactly. I was gonna say exactly. I think people are overthinking it again. I I'm on the same train where it's like I don't expect him to come up and produce anything crazy. Yeah. However. I mean, it's certainly possible. But again, coming back from, you know, the ACL tear in the Super Bowl at this age, it is going to be really tough to get LA. He even said himself, he literally was saying like, when you've been to the mountaintop, it's kind of hard to envision how you get back there when you've been up and, and it's like your career's going up and down as his yeah. has been. Uh, you know, so he's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I mean, I guess only time's going to tell, but I am on more of the side that it's going to be just more of an average tenure at best. Yeah. But that's fine because at the end of the day, he made it clear he's trying to make some money. Yeah. He's out here to pray. He's out here to make that bread. So, you know, mission accomplished no matter what. He's got the ring. He's had a great career. And people, at the end of the day, this is the main thing. Yeah. I think OBJ just gets too much hate. Yeah. He's, I, a, he's a great player. He is a good player. And I don't see any reason why he can't be like a dominant number two in an offense. I think like this year, like justifiably, he can be the number one for the Ravens strictly because like the Ravens wide receiver room is pretty deep. Not, I wouldn't say it's like top tier talent, but deep enough where like, you know, they're one, two, three, and even four, you know, can't compete. Like they're, they're decent receivers, best receiving core that Lamar's had for sure. Easily. No debate. Um, I don't know. Like, I could see him like definitely having a good year on the Ravens. If he doesn't want to resign there or the Ravens just, you know, don't put it together in the playoffs. I, I don't blame them. The AFC is tough. Um, and my thing is like, I feel like that's where you, the, the playoffs is where you need those like superstar kind of guys. Um, but I think this year is almost like a prove it year to go be like a number two and get decent money on like a, a like a real contender. Like, I don't know, like, the Bills, like, I, I don't see Gabe Davis as, like, a number two, but a number three. You know how I feel about Gabe Davis after yeah, yeah. this season? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting spot for OBJ. I, I really want to see him do well. I like OBJ, but, I mean, like like you said, like, it's a money thing. So, like, if he gets hurt, you really think he – if he gets, like, hurt and kind of has, like, a nagging injury, do you see him going out there and, like, playing through it? I don't. See, that's, that's what I was just going to say, too, is I think that's where – what this comes down to at the end of the day where he said what he said is because he knows in the back of his head that that yeah. is a potential out of how this could go. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, he's already experienced it multiple times. He knows that when he goes out there, this might end, this season might end badly. And and that's the thing is I think if it happens again, he's probably yeah. told himself, like I'm prepared to walk away if that is what like happens this year. Yeah. No, it's 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 interesting. I, uh, I, I like it. I like it for Lamar. I like it for OBJ. It would be cool to see them make a deep playoff run. The Ravens have a cool team. It would be exciting, honestly. We're going to go over the running back contracts. So Saquon, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard are the big players in this kind of conversation. There was a Zoom call with all the running backs on it. Derrick Henry was on it. Eckler was on it. Jonathan Taylor's not happy. But basically, Saquon agreed to a one-year $11 million contract and includes a $2 million signing bonus. And the guaranteed pay on the deal is the same as it would be as if he was signing the franchise tag. But the Giants agreed to add another $900,000 in incentives so that Barkley can earn up to $11 million. $2 million is paid up front. But here's the thing. When I looked at the incentives, 
he makes 303,000 for each if they're hit. Okay. So 1350 rushing yards plus a playoff berth. He's that's never, he's never done that. Okay. 11 touchdowns and a playoff berth. He's done it once in his career. 65 perceptions, 65 receptions and a playoff berth. He's done that once. So it's like, I get like them adding the 900 K to like, be like, yo, like we understand it's kind of like screwed. Like here's, here's a bone. But the issue is my, my thing is like those incentives really aren't that like he's, they're not likely. So it's like, did he do this just to make it look like he was getting more than what the tag was? Like, I don't know. Yes. He, that bro, that is just a weird situation over there. And also the whole thing with the 1350 rushing yards and the playoff berth never done. And now you need to do it this year and with the health concerns. Like, dude, I don't it's an interesting question, bro. Yeah, I um I guess my thing is just like Saquon to me never really seemed like he was gonna sit out. Like that's not and I think he like wants to be on the Giants. That's the difference I feel like between like Saquon and Josh Jacobs. Like I feel like Josh Jacobs like he likes the team, but I don't think he, I think he's more set on like, yo, like you need to pay me. So like I have more on Tony Pollard than I have on Josh Jacobs, but I don't know if you remember like on that Monday, like the story came out that Josh Jacobs was sitting in the car with Max Crosby, like ready to hear about like the deal being done and it didn't get signed. So Josh Jacobs to me is the guy that won't show up. Like, I don't think he's going to show up or if he does, he's going to hold in and like some mysterious injury is going to happen. I honestly see like, Honestly, like, I feel like the Cowboys are the least, like, affected if Tony Bauer doesn't show up. Like, the Giants would have been, in my opinion, screwed without Saquon. The Raiders will be screwed to a certain extent, too, because it's like Samir White. No, that was, I think that was what I was going to say about, to that point, bro. The Raiders, yeah, I think the Raiders almost, Josh Jacobs is kind of, he's looking at him, he's like, look, I'm a leading rusher. I'm the reigning rusher. Y'all need me, right? Yeah. Like especially with the situation of this team right now in the AFC, all the money that's invested in the team. I'm sure he's like, you know what? I have leverage for like, I actually have leverage on this situation versus, and again, the other point, like Saquon already basically, I mean, Saquon folded. So it's yeah. like Saquon and that's what, but my, it's like he folded, but he really didn't have an option. No, like if you, yeah, go ahead. Well, that's the thing. What's well, like, bro, this is where I'm starting to, you know, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, bro, but because okay. it needs to be addressed. And I, I know I'm not, I am by no means the first person to address it. I won't be the last one, but it's a discussion that has to be had until it's drilled in people's heads, bro, because this is where we're at nowadays with football, right? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of things to say, I'm going to try to say it in shortest time as possible. So again, Saquon folded, right? I'm going to say that in quotes, like, oh, Saquon folded. I know I just said that because I'm just, I'm just at this point regurgitating what the masses are saying. But here's my thing is like you said, at the end of the day, he really didn't fold. He actually got a good deal with a lot of money, a lot of US dollars going in his bank account, right? For, okay. And that's the point. This is kind of where the running back position has become nowadays. And I'm sure this was almost part of the discussion. It's like, look, dude, you're going to have to feel me out. Yeah. I'll give you top dollar like they did every year. For as long as, as I'll give you that guaranteed money for the year. All right, cool. For one year, keep doing this every year. I'll keep giving you that money. But it's like, and I'm sure it's like, this is where teams are starting to feel like nowadays. Where it's like, why would I give you the most injury prone player, almost any position, any sport? Why would I guarantee you a ton of money? Whereas instead, I'll guarantee you a ton of money for one year if you have a really good year. But I'm not going to sit here and promise the future when you could at any point literally walk away from me. And it's like, this is where things are getting out of hand because all these old running backs, like I'm getting referenced, like, well, they, you know, you need bell cows, bell cows. 
let's be real for a sec. When's the last time a bell cow back has won a, a, anything for their team more than a conference championship? Because, and again, this is what I've been thinking a lot recently. Not I modern, you, not in the modern you know, I was saying, That's what I'm saying. And like any time in the modern, anything like post 2008, 2009. So even just like super modern. But the point is, in the last decade is what we're, that's a, obviously is a trend we're heading in. Things change over time. That's how things have changed, right? And I was telling you, I've been going on my binge recently, right? My Super Bowl conference championship binges. You know, the number one thing I notice about every team that's winning, I literally, I swear to you, it's literally the first thing I notice. I'm like, you know, I don't remember any of these running backs really because, oh, that's right. Because, and, and it's, I'm like, that's the point. They usually play short careers, yeah. short stints. They get used for the team. And, and there's usually, this is the main thing too, I want you to remember, bro. It's usually like a dual or triple back system. They always just like that for the teams that are in these positions because you have versatility you have, why would you just want one guy that the defense can game plan for? Yeah. That makes it, it actually just makes your job harder. Like it should, you, you, I think as from a good coach's perspective, you want to have two or three guys out of the backfield. Right. It's much harder to study the, the, each play. You have to have each personnel be different for each. It just literally, it makes the defensive coordinator's job harder when you're using more than one back, just from a basic standpoint. So not only it's like, are we moving away from it? Because why would I guarantee one guy a ton of money? But all these teams look at the dual back, true back systems with these I'm not saying no name guys. They're all incredible players. They're all in the NFL. They're all yeah, legendary. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of NFL players, no name guys. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Where you look and you're like, oh, okay. That, and not that they, but that's the point is they were good players. They're productive players. It was for a short time. Right. If he gave them a 500, you know, if we gave them a $50 million contract for four years after the, we had a great game in the Super Bowl, it would look like shit the I, next year. And that's the point is like, that's where we're at nowadays, bro. Yeah. It, it, you got to produce year to year. I almost wonder if it's if it's more worth it for running backs to sign like high value like two year deals. Like I I think the days of running backs getting very expensive like long term contracts are done. I think what they need to start doing okay, give me tw- give me 28 million for two years. I would say a team would probably be way more comfortable doing that than signing a four year deal. I saw one of the running backs said this. I can't remember who it was. So don't quote me on this, but basically I don't think it would work, but they are saying get rid of like the position delegations for the franchise tag and players would be more willing to sign them because instead of like, you know, running backs getting 10 mil, they probably get closer to like, like 30 mil, which I think gives teams a better, um, like less incentive to use it because it's like you got to put it on a good player. And I just want to point this out. Tony Pollard did sign this franchise tag. I didn't know if I made that clear, but he did. So it's just no, Josh no, Jacobs yeah. unsigned right now. No. And, and no. Okay. So, so no, you, you did make clear. So, and this is the thing I want to say too, bro. It's a great point. You just brought up because genuinely the franchise tag, the way it is, is pretty foul. Yeah. Like, Again, I literally remember playing Madden for the first time. I was really young and first understanding how football works and everything. I shit you not, Brad, I still remember. Like, I'm like doing the franchise mode. And I'm like, franchise tag? You know, you're telling me I can just force him to stay another year? Like, cool. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to use that all the time. And I'm sure the owners feel the same way. Like, it, and to your point, yeah, you, it costs a lot of money a lot of times. And you have to use it the right way. But that's the point is the way it works now. There certainly is a right way and a wrong way. Yeah. If you force teams' hand and be like, it's literally everybody's has the exact same thing. It's the exact same one for everybody. That, I think, just makes it a fair playing field. Yeah. I just think, like, also, bro, it's, like, it really muddies a locker room if you, like, tag a guy and then tag him again and then, like, let him walk. Because it's, like, then not if you're on that team, like, no one wants that tag. Also, I think my thing is, too, 
I don't like the fact that like if you don't sign the tag, you basically are still stuck on that team. Like I don't like that. Like that's if you the don't leverage sign the, that it has. That's so stupid to me because like if you don't sign the tag, you should be able to free. I mean, like think about it. Josh Jacobs, they declined his fifth year option, but they're gonna give him the tag, but he can't go anywhere else. Like you basically just said you didn't believe in me, and now I'm stuck here another year because you want to put the tag on me. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I think they gotta they gotta do something, but I don't know. Like I know the CBA like pulls a lot for player safety, but like they, I think next CBA agreement they really need to pull into this um, franchise tag stuff because it's just not. It doesn't sit well with any player. No, it doesn't sit well with like anybody who's not the one who's signing the contract at this point. Honestly, yeah. I mean, really, and I'm talking about signing. In terms of, let me rephrase that, who, the one giving out the contract. Well, this is the thing, too, is like all these other running backs are looking at it when they come up their contract extensions. It's like, OK, this is what I'm going to deal with now. Like it's 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 a real bad situation. No, and that's the thing is there needs to like you're saying there needs to be a rebalancing. I'm not, yeah. I agree that, yes, the value has gone down, but that also doesn't mean that the ones who really deserve a good one year chunk of money or two year chunk of money doesn't shouldn't get it. That's exactly where that's where we need to get to. I agree. I think that's just going to be I think that would be like the most like realistic future is like taking short contracts that pay a lot. No, that is definitely where we're headed. Um, because then also teams aren't locked in if they're making, if they're contending and they have a lot of money on the books, you know, No, we're, I think, and like last thing on this, we'll, we'll move on, but I think what we'll start seeing to that point is we'll start seeing like a one year, $19 million deal, yeah. one year, $21 million deal, top end guy. I want 22. Fuck that guy. I want to be above him. And I think that is almost going to be a trend. We'll start seeing it's like yeah. QB contracts. Like ever try to big dick each other. It's, but instead of that, it's just the one year. Like I just give me the 30 mil this year. I will not resign after you don't like give me a fat chunk. It would be kind of like the edge rushers who like wait to sign till training camp because like, and that's why I think Dalvin cook is waiting to sign because of injuries. So, Oh, a position just opened up. I feel like that's the same thing with edge rushers where they'll just wait. They'll go to a different team and just because I don't want to say running backs are plug and play, but they're similar to edges where you can probably just throw them in and no, absolutely you know, better than uh Cleaner than receivers who have to learn chemistry with the quarterback and everything. No, like that. Exactly. But we're going to move into the Chase Young situation. This this got some hype um, earlier this offseason. And then a rumor came out from JPA football that the Steelers and Ravens are rumored to have trade interest in commander's pass rusher Chase Young. Washington aligned his fifth year option. Uh, he's entering a prove it season. I just do want to point out because I've been thinking about this. Okay. Two of the top three commanders contracts are on the D line. Darren, Darren Payne. Hold on. Hold on. Let me go to the YouTube because we got a comp. You, you know, I'm just gonna say Darren Payne. I could be wrong. I know you're talking about. Actually. Bro, you That's, saw it, right? Okay. Yes, bro, so he I'm... just signed a four year, $90 million extension. Jonathan Allen, a four year, $72 million contract. Those are the top two contracts on the commanders. The third is Terry McLaurin. Okay. Chase Young. And Montez Sweat were both drafted the same year. So both their contracts expire next year. They declined Chase Young's fifth year option. Montez Sweat, I don't believe, was a fifth was a first round pick. So I don't think they have a fifth year option for him. Um, but you could argue Montez Sweat has been a more productive, healthier player for them. So oh, absolutely. They're like, I guess my thing is like your top five contracts on your team. Like, are they all going to be on the D line? Like, I feel like you have to spread the money out a little bit more. So it's like, I feel like Chase Young is kind of the odd man out here. So like he, I, somehow, I mean, can you imagine saying that a few years ago? No, I, that's I couldn't. Ballistic. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he seems like the most obvious, like in my opinion, like a trade candidate. 
But th- this is um, a situation that I thought about the other day. Okay. New ownership. Commanders really haven't performed. Ron Rivera really hasn't performed. The GM is all right. I don't know if the commanders are necessarily willing to deal Chase Young when not only he's on a prove it year, but the coaches and GM are because of new ownership. I draw my cap here. Give me one. <laughs> so it's just like my thing is like, I don't know if the commanders are in a position to like put a hole in their team when Ron Rivera is worried about job security. No, see, okay. And I agree completely. I, and that's where this, I love the situation because there's so many dynamics to this situation right now. And I, my, you know, the wheels are turning up here. I got a lot of things to say. Yeah. So I'm going to trust that thing first because no, I agree completely where it's like, you know, Chase Young, when he got drafted was almost crazy, but immediately like the identity of that team. I mean, really, was he not? It I was mean, like, oh, he he had a great rookie year. I mean, if I right? Remember right. He had a good rookie, he, and then and not only that, he was one of the most legendary—I don't want to say legendary, but dominant college edge rushers I've seen in my lifetime. I mean, like he was just going crazy every single game. I mean, like just absolutely, you knew he was chip. like the biggest. He was like the the talk of the town. I mean, yeah, at the time, uh, no doubt, blue chip prospect. I mean, like just hundred percent. Oh no, no, Montez Sweat was a first round pick. See, I had a feeling that my I, just, bad. I, I was supposed to. I literally wanted to fact check you in the middle of saying that, and I just for some reason just like didn't type it because I was listening so much to what you were saying. I would assume they picked up his fifth year option then no i do believe so um but yeah so i agree completely where it's yeah it's like almost do you trade who could potentially be the future of this team and who people really thought was the future i'm sure fans would be a little disappointed but you know let's move let's transition away from that just a little bit just because here's my other this is what makes the situation so interesting though is because look let's say he does get traded right like let's say either the ravens or the steelers acquire him number one what jumps up to me right away is like okay if he goes to the ravens i'm sure what the Braves will be planning to do is, you know, Tyus Bowser, solid low backup going on. We, we like you there, but I'm not, you're not going to be starting anymore, right? Chase Young takes your spot, still playing on the outside. So Chase Young still playing like the outside linebacker role, play on the outside, right? But if he goes to the Steelers, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I've been thinking too. Is it's like Alex Highsmith's really coming on and he's not taking TJ Watt's spot, yeah, right on the outside. So it's almost like, Mm, Larry Oak and Joby maybe not performing up to snuff. And what is it? Do you think that he might be? And I'm sure Mike Tomlin knows, you know, you put a speedy, strong guy in the interior. Sometimes they just absolutely destroy things. Like uh, I'll use like Justin Tuck, like throwback, but okay. it's kind of like a role like that going on where, I, and, and hear me out. I think that if, so if my, my point here is if he goes to either of these teams, it could be a completely different role on the defense. Yeah, no, I, um, I personally, so I would love to, We'll talk about this actually in a minute, but I would actually think he would do better on the Steelers. I think like he's a guy that can like be molded a little bit more by like a Tomlin. I think also like sitting under like a JJ Watt or not JJ Watt, TJ Watt would do him wonders. And like he just, in my opinion, fits more of like, I mean, you remember like when, uh, do you remember when Tomlin went up to Chase Young? He's like, I never want to be drafting high to as high to get you. For some reason, I just felt like a. am telling you, bro. I literally had a feeling this was going to happen when I saw that clip, like throwback shit. Bro. I just think like he would fit really well under Tomlin. The Ravens. Yeah, I get it would make their defense better. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, but I just think like the Steelers really make the most sense now. To get in off the fantasy land, like I would love to see the Bears make a play for him. Because he's like, he's still young. Chase Young is still young. Yo. So it's like, and the Bears need edge help. They need edge help desperately. I he don't would know. vibe with Justin. Oh, they, yeah, I think they're friends. So 
you know, Chase Young's only 24. He meets like the RAS requirements that uh, the relative athletic score that polls looks for. I think he would fit well on the Bears. Um, the only thing is injury. You know, a lot of people talk about like the best uh, uh, ability is the availability. And he just has kind of has been that. So um, I, I would I think the Steelers make the most sense. I would love to see him on the Bears. Ravens would be a nice addition too. I guess my question for you, Dobbs, is what do you think his trade value is? We'll see. Okay. And so that, and then again, that more than anything, I think brings us over to Chase Young's stats over here, you know? So again, like we said, that rookie year loved it. I mean, you know, defensive rookie of the year, he added tons of value to that defensive line. I mean, not only was he getting the sack numbers, nothing crazy, seven and a half sacks. It doesn't, it's not eye popping, Yeah, but it was more of a, you know, so some guys are just relentless pressure guys. They are, right. they force you, they force your play call to be different. They force a lot of things to be different. That's right. how Chase Young really was that rookie year. And you're like, okay, we have a future, uh, all pro prospect, right? Like for sure. Right. What's crazy is that was so far the ceiling of his career and things have only gone down since here as we know. I mean, okay. And then the year after that one and a half sacks. So let's put that in perspective. He's had one and a half sacks in the last two seasons. So that's into your point though. Why are the bears not making a play? Because you cannot sit here and tell me that the commanders are able to just drive an absolutely un- unbelievable bargain. They like, or uh, the opposite, an unbelievable, you get my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I force myself to shitty sentence, but <laughs> you can't tell me that they are driving the highest value possible. It's just, I'm sorry. I, I just don't buy that. Yeah. It's uh if anything, the value is going down and I think they'd be looking to cash in now before it potentially gets even worse. Yeah. I mean, he, I think the main thing is like with the bears is like, he's only played 12 games the last two years. And my thing is like, he's young and he's got a lot of time, but like, Here's my thing. Like people gave a lot of flack um, to polls for the Claypool trade, and I don't think he wants to make. I don't want to. I don't want to call play Claypool a mistake because he hasn't even had a full year in the system. People were fucking going crazy when he got put on pup. He got taken off the next day. Like, you know, I think he'll be okay. I, I'd be okay. You know, it is what it is. You know, the trade happened. I just don't think polls wants to take a risk on a guy right now um especially because it's like we have so much draft capital um but i don't know i think the steelers can almost afford that risk you know what i'm saying like the steelers can afford to take that risk because they already have tj watt it's like if we got chase young like we would be banking on him to get our be our guy unless the I mean, I think the Bears will sign like Yannick Ngakwe or like a Justin Houston. Shit, if we don't get Chase Young, I'm down to sign both. We have the money for like one year. It doesn't matter. But um, it's just like it's kind of like the Jalen Carter situation. If we were to have drafted Jalen Carter, we would have been counting on him to be the guy. In Philly, he doesn't have to be that guy. And he's surrounded by teammates. So it's like there's less pressure on that guy to perform. He makes more sense to me on the Steelers. Love to have him on the Bears, though. No, and see... And last thing on this, but you're going to cheese because it's true. And I agree with everything you said. Don't get me wrong. But hear me out for a sec, bro. Yeah. You know, in this week, in, I, I, <laughs> I was really about to say in this week. <laughs> like I, I had a cheese about that. No, bro, in this league, jokes aside, you have got to take risks yeah. to succeed. You do. I mean, like, seriously, like, you, you have to, every great team, there's, there's at least one moment of the year, whether it's in the preseason when someone makes a trade, or it's in the Super Bowl when they make onside kick at halftime. Like you got to take. There's got to be a moment in the year yeah. where it's just someone where they're like, "What? Unbelievable! They they took a risk. It worked." Sometimes you sign a guy with injury concerns and ends up being the best signing. And I think and the Bears. And I'm gonna use the Bears as a prime example because you guys have been just in this blah land for so <laughs> yeah. long. It's like you know what? I, I, 
let's elevate out and whether it whether it be a decision where we we took a risk and it fails i'd rather have that than just not taking a risk and things just not turning upward like do you know what i'm saying bro i i do hear what you're saying and i know it's easy to say that when you're not the guy who's giving out the money and, and you're not the guy that's taking the risk mm-hmm. but at the same time like this risk i feel like has a much higher upside than the downside which is like oh the downside is we traded for chase young and we don't like his production and we're gonna have to either cut him a few years into the next contract or we're gonna have to just not re-sign him on a new deal but yeah. it's like hey you take winning shots and the upside is so high where it's like you get a franchise edge rusher on a team that desperately fucking needs one. Listen, I would be so down for it. I'd be down for taking the risk. It's just like, we got to see, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if Poles is ready to make that move. Well, I, also, we I don't know his health situation at the end of the day. Like, no, I, I think also like, I think he would be more willing to do it i think you'd be more willing to do it like almost at the deadline no honestly yes because like like, that i think like i think of like the commanders know they're not in a playoff contention i feel like they're more willing to deal him if they know ron rivera is kind of out the door the new regime kind of wants a fresh start i feel like they're way more willing to do that especially if montez sweat has another great year i just have this odd feeling bro that this is going to happen so much sooner than a lot of people. Think. You think? Like, I, I, I mean, and from the way I'm thinking of it, bro, I think Tomlin is desperate for that. I, I can picture Tomlin in the office right now. Like, like pounding you know the table what? for him. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, dude, you know what? Like, they're going to give up on him. Like, the whole thing you're saying, I, I said I don't want to ever be able to be in a position to get a guy like you. We are in a position to get a guy like him. Like, let's make it happen. Yeah, like, yeah. But it, without having to do it through the draft. Yeah, no. It's interesting to see. I think it's going to be... Uh, the thing I'm also excited for is even if it does happen earlier, is like the trade line's been getting more and more active every year. So uh, the trade deadline's been getting more and more active. It's becoming more of like an NBA style thing. So I'm excited. No, certainly far ahead, but I'm certainly, that's going to be a fun day, bro. You already know. All right. So the commanders just got bought um, for $6 million. Wait, $6 million. Six billion. Six <laughs> billion. Like, if it up. was six million, I would have taken a loan out <laughs> somehow to do it. Six billion dollars. Um, so the new owners mentioned that they may change the name, but because they recently changed it in 2022, they would have to wait until 2027 to change the name. Just a little bit of history. They changed to the Washington football team in 2020 and then the Washington Commanders in 2022. The Washington football team, I thought, me and I was talking about it, we thought was actually a really cool name. We thought it was something that really kind of hadn't been done in the NFL. It's more like a soccer club, like Premier League, things like that. And then when they moved to the Commanders, I think it was generally not well received by NFL fans and even the Commanders fan base. I would be open to a name change. And I wondered if they were to go back to the Washington football team if they would be able to do it sooner because it was already a name that was established. And I think I like their jerseys better. Bro, we were saying we were just gassing them before we were started. We had to reverse start the recording, but that's bro. Let me just say, like, I need to gas it a little more than, you know, than even you're gassing right now. Yeah. They need to go back to the Washington football team, bro. Like you remember, I don't, I think you were, if I remember correctly, you were super disappointed with me when they yeah, changed yeah. it. We didn't have much hope it was going to stay the Washington football team. Cause like it, it just, it didn't seem like that was the plan. And it seemed like the fans were kind of hyped for a name change. But yeah. then to your point, all the names came out. And everyone was like, wait a minute. I don't even know if I'm feeling any of this. I don't know if I'm feeling the commanders. And then sure enough, commanders is the name selection. And I just don't like the branding right now. I'll I'll just say it straight up. I have not liked the branding, the, the necessary, the uniform redesign. 
I loved the way that it looked when it was a football team. I think it felt very like something about saying like, yeah, I play for the Washington football team. It's so it's, uh, raw. It, it's like, that's my, that's really my job. Like I really, what do you do? Like I'm just, I literally play for the Washington football team, dude. Like that's literally what I do. I play at the highest level professionally yeah. for Washington. Like, I don't know. I thought that sounded really cool. Uh, maybe I'm capped for that. I don't know though. Like, what do you, you know, I, leave a comment. What do you, would you have, would you like the football team? If they like, would you like your team to, if they had a shitty name <laughs> to become the blank football team? I think that's really cool. I also think it works strictly because like Washington has that kind of like historical like view just because it's like DC and all that stuff. So it kind of like, it's like the Washington football team. It's like, you know, it's like historic. It sounds historic. I, it does. I like it. And I think a lot of people really like the Washington football team name. And my thing is like they talked about doing complete rebranding. I hope they don't do the numbers because I are the colors. I love the colors the commanders have right now. I just think like I don't know. I like, think I really like like the other name options, like the Red Wolves, Red Tails, um, the Hogs, the Sentinels, like the Pigskins. Like, uh, listen, I like all those better than the Commanders for the most part. I think the Commanders horrible i don't know why they picked that one like okay let's just such a tangent here but like commanding what like what like i'm like jokes aside for a second dude like i'm just my it's just such an ambiguous name and it's just uh you know for me if a commander came face to face with a lion or something like i'm just not like but you get my point it's like i don't know dude just not intimidating yeah I, I, i not intimidating at all i guess not every team has to be intimidating but it's like not even the logo isn't, you know, usually if you have a shitty team name, it's like something weak. They'll have a cool, intimidating logo, you know, it, nothing going on like that for the commanders. It's like I just hope like once they change the name, like and the new ownership, I think the new ownership, I hope they do a really good job of like just setting the standard or like creating like a new environment. I'm so sick of the back and forth with this team. Like nobody knows what they are. Like it's just a. The the franchise with no direction. I when just, is the last it's time? So annoying. When literally, it's to your point. When is the last time that they had an identity? I'm saying they as the last three, four franchises. Like when's the last time? Yeah. The any RG3, of them? The RG three days. That actually, to your point, that's the last time I can remember. Actually, yeah. the last time I can remember them even having an identity. So yeah, this ownership group has a lot of work to do. Yep. All right. Well, the commanders suck. Let's move on to the next <laughs> part. Um. Cole Komet got extended. Obviously, we're going to talk about this because I'm a Bears fan. So, um, yeah, so Komet got a four-year contract extension worth $50 million. Uh, 32.8 is guaranteed. Um, it puts Komet among the top 10 paid tight ends in the NFL. So, I actually have the contract breakdown here. Um, let me pull this up real quick. But basically, it's really not that much money. And my thing is, like, Komet has gotten better every year. Um, and my thing is like in two years, like I, cause he's with the team till 2027 now in two years, like he's going to fall out of that top 10. So my thing is like, it really was like a steal. Um, but it, he's going to make 7.3 million this year. So the, uh, the bears will lose about 3.5 million cap space. So moves them to 28.4, which is still the most in the NFL. So they have the most cap space in the NFL still this year. But in 2024 through 2027, he's set to make 11.6 million. Not bad. Not bad for a guy who's improved every single year, who's a good target for Justin. I can't complain. I'm really happy with the deal. It's a very team-friendly deal. 
Um, so I, I don't say, I want to say very team friendly, but like to pay a guy who, you know, has gotten better every year and he's still only top 10. Like I'm very happy with that. No, there's, I would say there are so many things, bro, that make this good. It's a good contract. Uh, like let's for starters, we were saying how the running back value is just driving down as it is. Well, go guess what? The tight end value is just driving up humongously. Titans are realizing, yo, I'm such an important part of the offense, and I was getting underpaid for so long. Like, they yeah. came together at TAU. They were like, yeah, yo, boys, boys, boys. Yo, our offense would low-key be screwed without us. Yeah. Versus, again, with the running backs, you're, you're replacing a lot easier than a guy who knows the whole playbook, that knows the block in each scheme. That tight end is very hard to replace. Yeah. Versus, again, not you, you know what I'm saying? I don't even have to touch into it. This We've already been touching on the running back thing for so long. It's no disrespect. It's just reality at this yeah. point. Versus, yeah, so the, the tight end value is just driving up. And um, other position values driving up. You got to pay these guys, like you're saying before, that they're the guy who's last in line at a highly coveted position group. Yeah. Because then you're screwed. And like you said, bro, he's been improving every year, becoming a better blocker every year. Okay, yeah, you say, you'd say to me, but Dobbs, that's cap. He actually had less receiving yards, less receptions. Yeah, he had a much higher catch percentage yep. and, mu- and much less targets. Like that, and that's fine because that just shows you the Bears' offense and was way very, more touchdowns. And it was just it, things were so run heavy. Like, it, yeah. so it's like. That's the point. He and his main job is to be a blocker. At the yeah. end of the day, it is his main. Cole Komet's main job is to block and be ready to catch the ball when it's not a blocking play, and they're yep. buying in on the block. That's all he's got to do, and he's great at what he does. It's a good contract. People overthink this stuff. It's simple. You got to pay these guys. Well, that's what he he actually said. That like I was watching an interview with him today about the extension or just a press conference, and he basically said he's like, he's like, you're paying me to do whatever you tell me to do that play. Like, I'm not trying to be a blocker. I'm not trying to be a receiver. Like, I'm trying to be, like, whatever you want me to be. I want to be that guy. And also, like, he's a hometown guy. Like, he's from Illinois. And Poles has emphasized that he wants to sign guys that are from the area because he feels like they play with a different type of intensity, which, I mean, I would. Like, if if I was an athlete and I got to play for my at, at a major level for my hometown team, I'd be way more enticed to win. And, and I'm not saying he left money on the table, but, like, in a contract negotiation, I'm less likely. I'm probably le- more likely to take less money if I'm going to stay with a team that's my hometown team. No, for sure. And he gets to play with Justin Fields. Like my thing is like, and okay, so like you made a good point. Like that his catch percentage went up, but his his receptions went down by ten. But he actually only he lost about twenty four targets and only had about sixty less yards. And but he had seven touchdowns last year compared to zero the year before. So my thing is. You have DJ Moore, you have Chase Claypool, you have Darnell Mooney. It's a very run-heavy offense. My thing is like, okay, even if they don't throw the ball a ton, every time they throw the ball between those four guys, I'm confident in the ball getting caught. So it's like the targets, like they'll be spread out, and you don't need a ton of targets as as long as the receivers capitalize it, capitalize on it. And I think Cole Komet is one of those guys that will. I think Cole Komet is a driven worker. Or just like a driven player. Like, I think he knows what he wants. And like, I'm just so excited to see the Bears offense this year. And, you know, and yeah, absolutely, bro. And last thing on him, but 100%. He's your guys also. Like, I think he'll be your primary red zone target. That's another thing I'm sure drive the extension heavy. He's like, well, let's be real for a sec. You know, who has the best chance one-on-one in the end zone? I mean, obviously, you could say say DJ Moore. But I'm saying it gets like a linebacker or something. I mean, you could... Cole Komet is just as good of a chance. And that's what I'm sure he's saying. He's like, you know what? In the red zone, I'm your guy. Like that, you're paying a guy who's going to be able to go up, climb the ladder against slot corners, against linebackers, and win. And that's exactly what you're paying him for, too. And yeah. he's going to, I think we could see a jump from like seven to like 11 next year, 10. 
I think I think eleven is the ceiling, but that would be nice. Did you? Uh, <laughs> all right. So yeah, that that's pretty much it on Cole Komet. Uh, congrats on getting paid. Um, before we end the pod, I did want to bring up. You see, Jimmy Graham is now a saint. I did see that, bro. <laughs> Thought it was fake. Um, but at the same time, what it makes me think more than anything is, I think him and his agent got together. They were like, you know what? I want to run back one more year, but more than anything, I want to retire here. That would be I cool. think that's probably what it it's what it has to mean, right? I mean, it's like because if anything, it's like you know, even if worse comes to worse, and you guys cut me a few days in, at least I got to retire here. Yeah, he's he's it's cool because he's played for some cool franchises: New Orleans, Seattle, Green Bay, Chicago, and now he's back in. Um, it's weird because he's he had a great career. He didn't play last year. No, it is it is really weird, and he but he's had a great career though. But that's the thing is like when he was on the Bears in twenty twenty, like he performed, like he had about five hundred yards, fifty catches, and eight touchdowns. Like if he could just be like a red zone target for Derek Carr, Jawan Johnson, Jimmy Graham. I was gonna say, and for the Saints tight end situation, we rotate a lot. It's kind of like you know a lot of heavy tight end packages. You yeah. bring like three tight ends at a time. He will rotate, and he won't. I don't think we'll be apt to see him for many snaps at all. Yeah, but you can if if we're gassing, we're running the ball a lot that day. And someone's got to get out there to run a play action route for somebody who's gassed, like another tight end. I think we'll see him every once in a while. Now, I don't think it'll be often, but I think we can see him catch a, a pass from Derek Carr for sure. Yeah. Did you know he played basketball? Dude. <laughs> bro, that's... No, all. bro, I didn't. Tell me about it. Bro, whenever they go to the end zone, be like, oh, well, the Cole Komet's a weapon here. He uh, played basketball. He can go for those jump balls. Dude, it's so funny, bro. They No, they, it's literally... I, I'm preparing for it again, to be honest. Yeah. But that was You Don't Know Ball 44. All right, and thanks so much for sticking around with us. Thanks so much for watching. We appreciate you so much. If you enjoyed this content, make sure you subscribe, drop drop a like, drop a comment, all that, any of it. We appreciate you guys a ton. Thanks so much, and you have a great rest of your night.